Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Here's Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome in. It's Miller and Condon on a Monday. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Trent Condon, Ken Miller, we're with you for the next couple of hours as we talk sports with you. On the BMW of Des Moines guest list here today, uh, bottom of the hour, Scott Dockerman's going to join us. He wrote a good piece, his mailbag. I always like spending some time in Doc's mailbag. We will do uh, so today here. Uh, get into that with Scott Dockerman. Uh, 11.05, Trent, Bam, and I will go around college football. And then at 11.30, Dave Sproul, who will have listened in to Matt Campbell's uh, teleconference. He will join us and we'll recap the teleconference. We'll recap Iowa State's big win over TCU. Nice road win for uh, Iowa State. Uh, and get into other stuff as well. Trent, I should have tried out my new headphones before I went on the air. They do not work. Oh, no. And I cannot hear you. So you do, uh, you talk or I'll talk and you grab me some headphones, uh, if you will. Uh, crazy, crazy weekend. Uh, it was a fantastic weekend. If you're a football fan, boy, we, we've been waiting for this one for a while and just having the SEC back playing the conference games and the Big 12 playing the conference games, uh, that they did. It was so fun to, uh, to watch those. NFL was terrific yesterday for the most part. I don't know how the Vikings, uh, let that one get away. It looks as though the Bears have made a decision on their quarterback. And uh, as was thought to be the case for a lot of people for the longest time, the what are you doing playing Mitchell Trubisky? Uh, Nick Foles is the guy, and at least for one day, uh, he was certainly the guy yesterday. Outstanding effort uh, out of Nick Foles as the Bears come from behind and remain unbeaten. I'm not sure if they're a legitimate 3-0, and but the record says they are. So hats off to them for that um, fun day in football. Capped off by, I thought, a really fun Sunday night game. And how about Alan Lazard? You know, I honestly, I well, I hope my mom was honest. Um, I root for this kid. I really do. I mean, his story on draft night was um, we we remember it, right all the the build up. Iowa State's going to have a player taken. Dot dot dot. And he's got a big party going on, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And um, didn't go drafted. Goes to Jacksonville. Doesn't work out there, finds himself in Green Bay, sits down beside Aaron Rodgers in meetings. Brilliant move. Uh, and those two became, um, look, if Rodgers was looking for him last night, Trent. Good for Alan Lazard. Mm-hmm. I am openly rooting for the pride of Urbandale, Iowa, and Iowa State. It was uh, a game that I certainly anticipated a bounce back from New Orleans, and I think we saw that offensively, but defense still has holes, and Aaron Rodgers. I remember way back in April when we actually got to talk a little sports and we were talking about the NFL draft and what they're doing. Mm-hmm. This is still a 13-3 and team. Yeah. Did they need help? Uh-huh. Sure. <laughs> and and that I understand the argument there, but when you look at Aaron Rodgers and the way that he played and having that edge back, 
the edge is back. Yeah, I'm with you, Trent. Y- you can point and to- you're to a Matt Fleur as well. Yes, yeah. Gute Kunst. Uh huh. I don't think it's going to be something that is going to be the death knell for him if it doesn't go well and and, and if this team doesn't ultimately get a Super Bowl, but. You can make the argument this was something that they needed to do, that they need to go out this direction and and do something to get him that next step, get, get him back to the guy we saw three, four, five years ago. Because even last year in that 13-3 and three year, that was a lot more Aaron Jones. Mm-hmm. That was a lot more the defense and mm-hmm. how well they played. And I think we have that back with Aaron Rodgers. It's Are they the favorite in, in the, the NFC? NFC? Seattle, man. Yeah. Right. Look what they're doing. Uh, but look, Green Bay's going to be a factor. There's yeah. no if, ands, or buts about it. They're going to be a factor. Do they Do they play this year? Because uh, it feels what? like we get Packers, Seahawks, seemingly every year. You know, if, if we do, I'm in. Uh, let me look real quick here. I'm going to the Seahawks schedule. Do they get Green Bay? No, they do not get Green Bay, sadly. So we're not Seattle get... gets Minnesota. Uh-huh. No, they don't get them. Yeah, I'm seeing. I'm looking. I'm looking the Packers side of things. We'll get the Packers, Falcons next uh, on next Monday night. So a couple of prime timers back to back for Green Bay. What else do you learn in the NFL? I mean, the, the Bears are a story. Yeah, it's a big story because they switch quarterbacks and, and the defense is, is good. Um, and you know, it, it's time that they just admit that they they messed up. Yeah, I mean, right. The, the trade-up was just, I think, exacerbates how bad it was. You could have got him at three, made him pee down your leg and went up to two to get him. Um, yeah, that, that's the, that's probably the story in the NFC of the Packers, the Vikings. Just, I mean, Trent, how did they lose that football game? Justin Jefferson emerges in the game. He looks like he's going to be the player and maybe the uh, other part that Adam Thielen clearly needs. Kyle Rudolph's touchdown. My yeah. God. Talk about acrobatic. Dalvin Cook's running all over the place, and they lose the football game. Defense isn't there. And the injury to Secondary. Anthony, yeah. Right. They got young guys out there. There was a thought and hope, I think, coming into this year at Zimmer. And mm-hmm. he always is able to put together a defense, and he's good with defensive backs. And from the Xavier Rhodes of the world to the other side, they've ultimately been able to figure it out. That hasn't been the case, though, with this young group of, of defensive backs. I don't think this is an awful Vikings team that's going to be three and thirteen, four and twelve bad to be in the running for Trevor Lawrence. They're no, still going no, to win no, some no, games. No, 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 hold on a second. <laughs> you got the team. <laughs> yeah. You know what? You know what's on the line this Thursday night with the Jets and the Broncos. Trevor the loser Lawrence? of that game is in at least early in the season. Look to be in the driver's seat for the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. There, there's a pretty good consolation prize though. Even if you yeah, don't get that. Sewell. It's Sewell. Yeah. Justin Fields. Right. Maybe Trey or Lance. Trey Lance. Yeah. yeah, especially if you need a quarterback. Um, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, Lawrence is clearly the one, but to your point, there's a couple of guys that won't get past. There's quarterback needy teams every draft. Neither one of those guys falls out. As, I, I guess to be safe, I'll say top 10. Uh, but boy, it sure looks as though they'll go before that. I want to get into the Big 12 as a whole, but first of all, let's do Iowa State because good for them uh, going on the road and getting a getting a huge road win in what looks like a very, very mediocre conference at best. But you know what? Somebody's going to win. Two teams are going to play for a championship. Oklahoma, uh, they, they completely crap the bed as, as they fall to K-State, who in week number one fell to Arkansas State. And since then, K-State's fought COVID. And there was a, cho- a chance early in the week that that game was going to have to be postponed. But Iowa State, that's a good win, Trent Condon. 
It was. It's a road win. Not the prettiest. Brock Purdy's numbers say he played pretty well in the game. Um, so I guess we'll we'll give him that because the quarterback rating was there. The defense, the offensive line to me, did you notice them? I didn't, which is good. Well, the, the thing that I noticed is they played well. They, they played really, really well, and that was something that I, I was shocked by. I did not anticipate that. Well, the, the way the offensive line came together, we see – couple of new names out there. Daryl Simmons. Yeah, Simmons, uh, one of them. Derek Schweiger, who we've seen, mm-hmm. but we haven't seen play very well. As a whole, that group played incredibly well, which I think was a shocker against a defensive front, TCU, that had some guys, had some yep. dudes out there, and they were able to run the football. Protection was there. Yep. You're right. Brock Purdy, numbers say he played better, it felt like, than he did. I agree. He left some plays still out there on the field. I don't know what exactly we can read into that. But. And he got some help from his receivers. Instead yes. of the drops from week one, they were you know diving to make catches. And um, Speaking of diving to make catches, Mike Rose is picking that football game. Yes. How massive was that, right? Boy, oh boy, what a play for the Iowa State junior linebacker. Uh, absolute game saver, maybe. I mean, Duggan had the team, uh, yeah. when he finally got in there in the second half, he had the team looking those. They were going to go down the field and at least make it interesting. Mike Rose had other plans. A lot of credit. I mean, jo- Jaquan Bailey showed up in a big, big way. Got three the and a half sacks. Got the record. That was unbelievable. Um, you know, he was I thought Lee inevitable. Played well in the middle too. Yeah, I'm with you. He was there. Mm-hmm. He was kind of doing what mm-hmm. you need to do. Wazrike, he's always making Bankston. plays. Hummel was all over the place. He, yep. he was making plays and a lot of tackles in the game. And uh, what other name that, frankly, I didn't know a whole lot about until he caught caught a touchdown. Darren Wilson Jr. I've been calling for him number 17. Yeah. We, we've talked about Joe Skates. Skate, yeah. It feels like, I don't know. He made a nice catch. Probably brought it up 40 times over the yeah. last three years yeah. now and during different conversations with their Iowa State guys. And the talent is there, but this yeah. is another one in a long line. They got dudes. They, yeah. they have players here. And now it's Oklahoma. And all of a sudden you look forward and you say, after what we saw Saturday, this is a winnable game. I agree. This is an absolute. There's going to be fans. Fifteen thousand. Too bad they don't get. Um, uh, they don't get Chris Fowler and Kirk Herbstreit. Not that it's a. I mean, you're not. You're not. You know, falling way down the list of uh, the the depth chart of uh, of uh, announcers at ABC, ESPN. Sean McDonough and Todd Blackledge. I think they're the second best team out there for that uh, for that network, and they'll they'll be at Jack Trice Stadium on on Saturday night. Auburn, Georgia. I'm assuming gets Fowler and Herbstreit. Yes, yeah, that's the ESPN 6 o'clock game, and that's where they're going to be. So I would guess with it, game day's probably going to be there. Yeah, I don't know. I th- I'm not even sure Herb Street's going to be there because he's contact tracing and self-quarantining. Oh, really? He wasn't on game day, nor was he at the game on uh, on Saturday night uh, at, the, at the Florida State in Miami. He wasn't there for that one. I think Fowler was, but Herb Street wasn't. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what the situation is there. Boy, it's just great, Trent. Just a wonderful day Saturday. All those games. Watching, I mean, here's another one. Texas Tech almost got beat by Houston Baptist. Texas got lucky to come back and beat Texas Tech in the final three minutes, up 15 in that football game, to send it, to get a touchdown, to get the onside kick, score again, get the two-pointer, off to overtime they go. Texas got lucky. This conference is wide open. Not only is it wide open, but those losses to the Sun Belt, and this is something we worried about, it, it if there's an undefeated Texas team, undefeated Oklahoma State, they're going to get in to the college football playoff. But the wiggle room is gone. 
because of what happened in week one, because of what happened to Oklahoma here, losing to a team that lost to Arkansas State. As a 28-point dog. To do that, to have that on your resume as a conference, we're talking about for all intents and purposes, week two for Mm -hmm. the Big 12. Yeah. And unless somebody runs the table, it's over. Mm -hmm. It's over to get in the college football playoff. And there's going to be questions, I'm sure, down in Oklahoma about this program with Lincoln Riley. They're, they're great offensively, but losing two years ago to Iowa State. They can't losing, seal the deal. Losing to K-State the last two years. Almost losing to Iowa State a year mm-hmm. ago. These are teams that they were better. Did you see the tweet? Number of four- and five-star star players no. on the Oklahoma roster, 50. Wow. Four- and five-star players on Kansas State, zero. <laughs> they do not even have a four-star on that roster. And the questions are going to continue to crop up. And it's one thing to be good enough to go have one loss in your conference and get in the playoff. But if you're Oklahoma, you're thinking about taking that next step and taking one more step forward. It's not just good enough if you're Oklahoma to be the best of the Big 12. That program, they have their height set, and they recruit well. They recruit at a high enough level where defensively they should be a lot better than they are. Mm -hmm. And look at those games also that Oklahoma's lost throughout the years. 47-44. 47-44. They are shootouts, and they can't get the stops defensively. And they can't hold the lead because yes. they've held the lead in most of those games yep. and been unable to. Yeah, outside of the uh, K-State game off. last year where K-State raced out to a, a big lead and held on, you're absolutely right. It's blowing, and not blowing a field goal lead late and somebody drives down and beat you. That's not what it is. These are double-digit, 20-point leads, 21 points in the second half against K-State, and they can't hold on. Mm. Lincoln Riley? going to be a lot of questions in order for him this week. Yeah, there is. And uh, we will see them in person and in our state on Saturday night at 6.30. ABC has it. Todd Blackledge and Sean McDonough on the call. All right, let's spend a minute on baseball because this crazy year came to an end regular season-wise yesterday. Trent, four teams out of the National League Central. I would have bet my bottom dollar that that wasn't going to happen. You, I mean, we watched this 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 division enough to, boy, to think, eh, just a lot of mediocrity in that division. Mm-hmm. But don't look now. Brewers are the eight, Cardinals the five, Twins the three, and the seven seed, the Cincinnati Reds. So three, five, seven, and eight. Um, it's going to be, I mean, Tuesday and Wednesday, there's not enough hours in the day to watch all of these games. And Trent. Thursday, too. Thursday is going to be that way, even if we only get a couple of. Think of that. We're going to have game threes if we get game threes. If necessary. If necessary <laughs> in those, plus all the game twos in, in uh, the, the National Ameri- League. Or National, right. Yeah. The way this is set up, I love it for this year. I Going forward, I don't want to see 16 teams in every I single year. I bet you year. do. Don't you think you will? I hope they maybe even go down to 14. 12, I think, would be even better. But mm-hmm. regardless of that, it is too much. Look at the Brewers. The Brewers yeah. are not a playoff no, team. No, I know. This is, but what if they pick off the Dodgers? And they very well could. It's a three-game series. <laughs> even on the road, even getting the first at-bats, that is, it's baseball. We see mm-hmm. this year after year after year, and the likelihood that's going to happen, well, we can take a look at the Vegas odds for these series prices, but I'm going to guess it's a lot tighter than you'd normally anticipate for this one. ABC with some games, too. Yeah, including the Twins and the Cubs, right? Yeah, Twins game one. That'll be uh, kick things off at 1 o'clock tomorrow. Then on uh, on Wednesday for the Cubs, I think they play also at 1 o'clock. Is that right? Uh, I had got the, the schedule, schedule in front of me. Uh, the Cubs play 1 o'clock. Yep, yeah, 11 one. o'clock tomorrow morning. Uh, excuse me, Wednesday morning, Atlanta, Cincy. Then Houston, Minnesota. Uh, and then uh, the Cubs and the Marlins. How about this matchup tomorrow? 
Is it prime time? It is prime time. Mm-hmm. Well, six o'clock. It's the late game. Garrett Cole and Shane Bieber. How good is that? Locked and loaded for that Cleveland one. and the Yankees. Game one. Garrett Cole and Shane Bieber. My gosh. Pretty good one with my twins. Kenta Maeda going up against Grinky, who is not the Zach Grinky of old. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's going to be fun having the baseball world also rooting for my team. Because nobody wants the Astros to move on, right? No. Everybody wants to see the Astros go home. They've been awful on the road this year. The Twins have been great at home. Everything's pointing to the Twins finally getting past, finally winning a game. Something they haven't won in six playoff appearances the last time the Twins won a game in the playoffs. Think about that. I'm trying to look at and you know, when you, I think of the, uh, maybe you can make the case for the Cubs too. Being on the bottom part of the bracket for both the Twins and the Cubs, Twins play the Royals, uh, the Royals, the, the Astros, and take on the winner, the A's and the Sox. So you got to feel pretty good about your mm-hmm. chances there. You wouldn't think there'd be a dog in the, in, in the either of those. Maybe, maybe A's, Twins would be a pickle, but the Cubs, Get get past the Marlins. You take on the winner of the Braves and the Reds. The teams I'm not mentioning. There's no Dodgers. There's no Padres for the for the Twins. There's no Indians. There's no Yankees. There's no Tampa Bay. It works out extremely well for two of the regional teams that move the needle here. It's a playoff bracket exactly that. If you had to draw it up before the year, this is probably the way that you draw it up. You don't want to see the Yankees, even if the Yankees and they did struggle. You know the Yankees not playing great baseball coming into the playoffs themselves but we know the history three consecutive times they faced them in the in the opening round of the playoffs got beat in the wild card game got beat in the divisional series a couple of different times getting game one way back with Johan Santana on the mound and then losing a couple extra inning games including a bad call up the third baseline with Joe Maurer mm-hmm. and would look to be a double there's been a lot of there's a lot of heartache there for the Twins fans you don't have to if you see them it's in the ALCS and then for all intents and purposes, you're playing with house money. No. Twins haven't been to the ALCS since 2002. You get to that point, you win two playoff rounds, you're feeling good, and then you just say, hey, let's see what happens here. The other thing I'm excited to see is the way this plays out in terms of how deep into the rotation these teams are going to have to go. With everything compressed together, not as many off days, they'll be playing in the neutral field when they get to the DS and the CSs is... It's not like we've seen in the past where, really, with two good pitchers, you can win a seven-game series. That's not the case now. I, I don't think you're going to have as many off days, and because of that... No, there's not. You're going to go four, sometimes five deep in your rotation. Who does that give an advantage to? Well, the Dodgers are one team you look at, the depth that they have. But I think that's going to lay out a completely different way of doing things, how important depth in bullpen is. Not going to be like the Royals of four or five years ago where three guys can get it done. You need six, seven, mm-hmm. eight really good relievers a lot of these times to make it a go. Going to be completely different than anything we've seen, but I'm excited for it and a lot of regional interest with it, too. So what does David Ross do if, if indeed there is a um, an if-necessary Game 3? Mm-hmm. John Lester got the crap beat out of him again in his last start. Was it Saturday night? I think yeah, it was. Yeah. Uh, against the White Sox. He was awful, and that's been the case for this guy. You hate to see guys um, you know, finish like this. I know he's been a big pitcher in the playoffs. He's been... He's been so good uh, over the for the most part of his career in the playoffs. But what what do you do? Can, how can you trust him? I asked Cappy that last week, and he didn't he didn't even flinch. He's oh, it's going to be Lester. It'll yeah. be Lester in Game Three. Really? I mean, I don't know what the options are. Well, the time before he pitched really well, 
admittedly it was against the Pirates. But mm-hmm. but if, if it, you look back before that, though, he'd had a couple of stinkers in a row. Uh, you have to go a little bit back further than that. So looking at his game log, against the Indians, he went five, gave up two. Uh, Milwaukee before that, six scoreless. And then, yeah, it was the rough patch where he gave up five, five, one, and eight. In the uh, in the starts before that, still Lester though. I, I think mm-hmm. that's the direction you have to because go because of the playoff and knowing pedigree. It's going to be a really quick hook. Yeah. It, it's a really quick hook. And then who do you go after? Say Mills got hit hard the yeah, other night. I, I would not go to Mills. Quintana. Mm. I, two on, two out. It's the top of the third. Marlins are already up three one. Is it Quintana? Yeah, it might be. Might be. Or do you? Because he's come out of the pen. We've seen him come out of the pen. We've seen him start. Do you use one of your good bullets out of your bullpen right there to well, try the to get out of that? Been gym? Pretty good, and, and it has the bullpen. The way they cobbled good. this bullpen together, yeah. coming into the season on paper, that thing looked hideous. And there's guys there. Ryan, okay. Jeffress got him off the scrap heap, mm-hmm. and he's been pretty good. Mm-hmm. Winkler. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> It's um, not names that wow you. That no, is for sure. That's for sure. Which of the regional teams is is going to move on? How many? How I guess let me put it this way. Okay. We'll we'll put. Obviously, we're going to put the Twins and the White Sox out of the American League, mm-hmm. and in the National League, we'll throw the Brewers in there. The Cardinals are in there, uh, and the Cubs. So we've got five regional teams uh, that are participating in the first round. How many move on? Don't like the Cardinals' chances at all. I don't either. I hate the fact that the Padres and the Dodgers have to play uh, in that yes. division series. You would think, if assuming they both get by their first round opponent. Brewers, no shot. No shot. You think they can pick off the Dodgers? I mean, I hope they do. It's a three gamer. I don't think so, though. No, Dodgers are just too good. All right, I'm with so we'll you. cross them off. We'll I think the them. Brewers are out. I think the Cardinals are out. I like the White Sox a lot to in, beat in the that A's. Series. Yeah, to beat the A's. I know they played mm. terrible the last week, week and a half. I, mm-hmm. I get that, but I think they got a real shot here. And maybe an injection of life. There were pressure on them that they hadn't seen. They're playing with house money, too. Mm-hmm. This is a team they thought probably a year away this year. They're in. They're in in a three-gamer with Oakland. I'm not overly worried about that Oakland team. I give them at least a 50-50. So a would, would you say both of the American League regional teams, the Twins advance, the Sox advance, and over in the National, and look at I'm not going to lie to you. I don't know if I saw an inning of Miami Marlin baseball this season. I mean, why would you watch them? Right. And because of the the structure, I have no feel for Oakland. Yeah. I have no feel for really the Dodgers compared to what I normally have. Mm-hmm. Because we had At so least much, they were on some national. They were, right. But because we had so much regional uh-huh. interest. That's all we had. I just never got into anything. The, right. The, both the AL and NL East didn't watch hardly any innings this season. And of course, you get the crossovers, too. And that's how you get to know more about these teams and when you see them during the crossovers. I'm trying to find some series prices and uh, not up at either DraftKings or William Hill at this point for those series prices. Probably just waiting to get Game 1 starters for everybody. Mm-hmm. I think most everybody has already announced. Yeah, but, but there are a few that have not made yeah. it, not gone public with who they're going to start with. All right, just a, a phenomenal weekend in sports. Uh, Monday Night Football tonight, of course, all eyes on this one. It's the matchup we've all been waiting for. Last night, we we had a good one in prime time last night. I, I was thoroughly entertained. Uh, the Packers and the uh, and the Saints going. Rodgers is right. I mean, he made it very clear after the game that having no fans in the Superdome was a huge edge for the mm-hmm. road team. I mean, a huge, huge edge for the road team last night. Packers are legit. Packers are absolutely legit. 
Power ranking wise, off the top of my head right now in the uh, in the NFC. You like Seattle? I one? do like Seattle. I I think you have to make put Seattle as the one, don't you? Then he put the Packers too. I think so. You know what? The Cowboys. It's not like they played awful, right. and they had some guys out of that lineup. And that NFC East, woo. That that's yeesh. Eagles are still alive at o two and one. I know they are. Um, I, yeah. I would love to see Cowboys eight and eight, and the Eagles get in eight seven and one because of that stupid tie yesterday mm-hmm. against Cincinnati. And I think it's a real possibility. They still, you still get a couple of games with the Giants. Washington's one and two, and boy, Cleveland. I watched a little bit of that one yesterday. Felt like Cleveland almost was letting them hang around. That was there for the taking. Would have loved to see Washington sitting there at the top of the division at two and one. Where do you put the Bears in the pecking order? No, Trent. I don't know, man. The the record says they're unbeaten. You got BD Nick out there now, though. Yeah, um, <laughs> can't say his nickname on radio, unfortunately. Um, so who who have they beat? The Lions, the Giants, and Atlanta. And Lions, they finally got off the Schneid. They, they won in Arizona. The Giants haven't won. Nope. Atlanta hasn't won. So it's they haven't. Again, you play combined on one and schedules. eight. Combined one and eight. And here come the Colts next week, right? That game's at Soldier. That game. I think it's at Soldier. Okay. I think it's at home. It is. Then yes. Tampa. Panthers, Trent. Before they hit their bye week, which is late this year, it's really late this year. It's right. Is it? Th- do they get before Thanksgiving? Before isn't Thanksgiving. It? Yep. Exactly. Uh where do you put the Bears? Where they can still them? be ten and six. This was an eight and eight football team a year ago. Yeah. And with the expanded playoff, up to seven teams now, nine and seven. I think probably going to get you in. So what does this do for for Trubisky going forward? I mean, it, they can't over. start him. No, right? no, it's over. That's it, Yesterday, Nagy said the right things to at least keep him there. And how about, did you see Trubisky? He did a post-game Zoom with the, I did with the beat writers. Did he? Tip of the ball cap there. Yeah. You lose your job. Right. Very easy. No, I'm good. He sat there and hmm. answered the questions, and I thought did it incredibly well. He said the right things about Foles. Foles supported me. I'm going to support him. Those types of things. He talked about the bad throws, the interception that he threw, the overthrow that he had early in the game. The numbers didn't tell the whole story there. You look at the numbers. Like, how do you pull that guy? Boy, he missed a lot of receivers. Well, there was a different team when Foles came in, Trent. It was like a, it was like a yeah. shot in the arm. And did, I don't know how closely you're watching the game. After I they was back scored, and forth between the Vikes. Did you see after they scored to uh, to get back with in the game? And he's over on the sidelines, and he's talking to everybody. He's going up and down offensive line, sitting there, and he's going to talk in that group. And he's going to wide receivers, and he is working to pump them up. He's got those leadership qualities. Mm-hmm. Guy won a Super Bowl. Yeah, beat the Patriots no, to win I know. a Super Bowl. I know. As a full time starter, and he's a veteran. Work. He was in Jacksonville last year, right? He's got the respect because he's got a ring. You know, I'm not optimistic about this. I was not optimistic about this team coming into the year. After yesterday, I am so much more optimistic, and I would just beat down too much by Trubisky. I just was. Mm-hmm. I just never believed in the guy, and I don't know if the team truly believed in this guy. I think they believe in Nick Foles, and after the comeback. And to do that, and how about the odds? You parlay those two together, coming back to beat the Lions and coming back and beating the Falcons, and that both times they were over ninety percent. Well, how about how about Atlanta's win probability in their last two games for crying out loud? Yeah, Uh, that was unbelievable. Um, Playoff team. Bears are a playoff team. Yeah, they're going to the Bears. Bears are going to get in. I think the Bears are going to find their way into the playoffs. Everybody, there's an extra playoff uh, game this year, uh, as we know. Remarkable, remarkable day in college football. Hats off to Iowa State. I'm with you. I think the Oklahoma game is winnable. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Oh, sure, Oklahoma's going to show up with a bad taste in their mouth, but I think Iowa State's got some things that they feel that they can get better better at before uh, Saturday night. I'm glad it's going to be a 6.30 spotlight under the lights of Jack Trice Stadium. That should be fun. Baseball's going to be crazy. We've got the Stanley Cup. It's going to be awarded either tonight or Wednesday night for those few people in the listening audience that care. NBA Maybe, Finals are set. And they start on Wednesday, right? Wednesday so we night. potentially yeah. have Game 1 in the NBA on Wednesday, all the baseball throughout the entire day, Game 7 in the Stanley Cup, if it gets that far. Game 1 of the NBA. How good is this? How good is this? If you're uh, thinking about, like I'm working to uh, have the mail procedure, getting snipped. Oh, you are? Yeah, you don't want to get it. Well, Wednesday? Yeah. <laughs> That'd be the day, be right? Day. <laughs> hey, uh, good day, rather. Let me, uh, I meant to ask you this earlier. Um, you had Waukee uh, Johnson, Johnson yeah. right? I saw one highlight for the game. Mm-hmm. The running back. Was it Aaron Smith? I don't know. Who's the, the fastest kid I've ever seen play high school football? In that's a long Aaron time. Smith. Holy mackerel. So I that's a guy I talked about a little bit. He had he's a wide receiver slot guy. Really good cornerback too, and that's where he played since his sophomore year. They got him involved, a little special teams. Yeah. He's incredibly fast. He's oh. a track star. He's got a lot of interest there. But I know he's received mail. What does that mean in right. terms of recruiting? Nebraska, Iowa, Iowa State. But doesn't have any D one offers. He does have track offers. How, get, what's how big? How tall is he? Five ten. What do you weigh right now in high school? Buck forty five. Buck sixty. Yeah, okay. right, right in that range. Right. I think he's listed maybe at one seventy. He's not big, but he is lightning. He had Oof. an eighty nine yard touchdown run, a forty nine yard touchdown reception, another fifty three yard touchdown run, and a pick six defensively. Four touchdowns in the game on Friday for night. Waukee. He did that four on Friday night. He is dynamic. He is a playmaker. He is great in the return game. I don't know. I don't know if he's waiting and if he'd be mm. interested in getting a Northern Illinois you know, offer, if that'd be enough. But he's got some big-time track interest, too. Jesus. He is I'll a player. Say. He is a big-time player. Waukee, after their first quarter, was as impressive as I've seen outside of Southeast Polk this year. But that shows you. Polk, they're on their own level this year. Mm-hmm. And they had the week off, right? Yes. Dowling and them were off. Yep. Week uh, teams two through eight, though, in central Iowa, throw them in a hat and see who you come up wow. with. Dowling, um, they're going to be there. Johnston beat Dowling. Waukee, they got playmakers all over the place. And Ankeny still has my favorite quarterback and Jace Bauer, along with Brody Breck on the outside. Yeah, Birchie was there, and he was tweeting some uh, some glowing uh, reports about Brody Brecht and how, just, just how good he is. All right, we'll take a time out. we come back, Scott Dockerman is going to join the program. Uh, Doc from The Athletic, he slides in here next at uh, 11.05. Bama Bob, Trent, and I will go around college football. 11.30, Dave Sproul is here. Matt Campbell will do his uh, teleconference at 11.10. Sproul will join us after that. We'll recap Iowa State getting off on the right foot. They are 1-0 and in the Big 12. Somebody's got to win. Why not them? We'll see. We'll talk more about this as we take you until noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO 106.org. Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Take you until noon. 
Bama Bob, Trent, and I will go around college football at 11.05. Dave Sproul, once he gets off the phone listening to Matt Campbell's uh, uh, teleconference with the uh, Big 12 media, will join us about 11.30. We'll recap, we'll preview, and get the latest on Iowa State with Dave Sproul. Right now, Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. He joins the program. Doc, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on, Scott Dockerman. How are you? You know, I'm wonderful. It's, it's uh, football weather, and uh, in Big Ten country, we're going to have football in a couple of weeks, so I can't ask for more. Yeah, you know what? I can't wait for it to get here. So I guess best of both worlds, maybe for you, right? I mean, sure, you'd rather be in a press box covering the Hawks uh, or Iowa State. You were there a couple of weeks ago, but uh, nice, kind of nice to have a Saturday off and, and just sit back and watch one game after another if your schedule allows. It's a silver lining. Yeah, it's it's a little strange now that football, you know, now that when we saw the SEC and Big 12 games go the other day, that's when it kind of hit me. It was like, oh, this is this is different. And plus, I watch college football more analytically. I really kind of get into the nuance of it. So it's been, uh, it, was a, it was a little bit of a challenge the other day, but, but still, no, I can't complain. I mean, as long as we're watching football, there's not much to complain about. Indeed there is. And well, Doc, uh, let's get into uh, your latest mailbag at The Athletic. By the way, they've got another, I think you can sign up for a buck for crying out loud, which is um, uh, well worth I mean, it's well worth it for, what do we pay, Trent? Four bucks, five mm-hmm. bucks, whatever it is a month. Uh, but for they've got great specials going on there. Uh, it is the future, as we've said numerous times. But, Doc, you put out your depth chart. Somebody asked you for a depth chart in the mail bag that you just posted uh, yesterday. I want to ask the same question for both sides of the football. Offensively and defensively, what caused you the most angst as you tried to come up with it? Who did you put on the first team, on your first team, your projected first team, that uh, caused you to spend more time on that position? What would that position be on offense, likewise on defense? You know, it's the, the least sexy position on the team, but offensive line uh, it was really difficult for me for Iowa because uh, you have two guys that are mainstays, the Tyler Linderbaum at center and Alaric Jackson at left tackle. The rest of the guys, that, there's been a lot of guys who've played, some that have started, some that are coming back from injury, some that have transferred, and you're just really trying to figure out where do they fit into the puzzle, and they haven't even had a padded practice yet. So that's been a, a challenge. So I kind of think that Coy Cronk and Mark Tallenberger are going to start one at guard and one at tackle, but I'm not sure which one where. So that was something. And, then, you know, the other guard spot is so difficult for me because you have Colt Banward, who's entering year five. He has nine career starts. Uh, but, you know, he was out last year with ACL. So how does he respond? And can he get back to that? Then you look at Tyler Schott, who kind of stabilized everything. But, you know, he's, he's limited a little bit. And just wonder if, you know, he was just kind of the stopgap at the time. And then you have two very talented Younger players, Justin Brett especially, who played as a true freshman last year, coming off an ACL, and Cody Entz who did a nice job. So I was really struggling to figure out, okay, how are these pieces going to fit? Uh, because other than that, the offense is pretty well set. I mean, I like their, their tight ends. They've got two that I think are, are very much capable of playing a lot. They've got four great, very good wide receivers for Iowa. And then, you know, the running back rotation set. We know who's going to be the quarterback. So really came down to offensive line. And then on the defensive side, that's where the challenges lie because I think there are nine or ten guys that have a chance to play up front. Uh, defensive end, replacing A.J. Epineza, I don't really know which one's going to come forward. I put John Wagner down, but uh, when you look and you see guys like, uh, you know, Logan Lee, they like a lot at defensive end. 
Uh, Matt Lorback is a transfer for Northern Illinois who is going to sit out this year, but hey, it's a free year of eligibility, right. so why not play? Um, you know, and then in the secondary, I think there's six players for five spots, and it's really kind of a game of Jenga, you know, <laughs> 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 who, gets, who gets left out. But So, yeah, there's a lot of different spots on, on the defensive side of the ball that really gave me a lot of pause. Doc, I want to go a step further there as you talk about the defensive front. Epinesa, he didn't have to bring extra pressure because he was his own pressure. Got a sack there. yesterday's first, He did, by the yeah, way. first yeah. career sack for Buffalo. You're not going to have that. Evans, uh, situationally, maybe he could be that kind of guy. As I was more secure in what they're doing with the cash defense and with the four-two-five look, would you anticipate we're going to see more pressure dialed up from either the two linebackers or guys coming off the edge from the defensive back position? Would you think that's something I was going to do more with Parker and company this year? know that they'll do some different things and and traditionally i mean they have really evolved over the years and they played really well doing it uh but as you mentioned replacing aj epineza that's not a one guy job you know it might be joe evans on pass rush situations it might be uh you know first and second down it might be somebody else like a like a john wagner or 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 uh logan lee or zach van volkenberg so i think there's really some challenges in place now as far as bringing more pressure uh, I think it just depends on if they get any pressure. If they don't beat it, then there's no use bringing it because then you could really, uh, you know, do what you need to do defensively. But if they have to, sure, you know, they could go, come off with the cash, you know, whoever the cash is, if it's Dane Belton or somebody else or, or a corner blitz. They've done those types of things from time to time, but I, I would expect them to be uh, more in tune with that or, you know, even going to the radar or radar uh, formation where they'd have guys just kind of standing up and you know, possibly have, you know, three defensive ends in the game trying to get pressure. Although I think Davion Nixon is going to be in that unit no matter what. So there's some different aspects, and I think they're, they're going to have to try them all their first game against Purdue. Uh, one of the questions in the mailbag, Doc, that, um, uh, that intrigued me, other than the depth chart, was, you know, you were asked uh, who Spencer Petras reminds you of, and we've hardly seen him. He's, what, thrown... Has he thrown 10 passes? If he has, it's just right, right around that number. Anyways, you get my point. We don't know much about him, but you thought that, you, you thought that maybe kind of the swagger, the attitude, the charisma uh, is... Kind of like uh, C.J. Beathard. Um, I think there's probably a whole lot of Hawkeye fans that hope that your analysis is spot on. Yeah, he's a, he's kind of that man's man, if you will. So I can use that term anymore. But, you know, he's the kind of guy that everybody gravitates to. And, and his attitude's a little different. Beathard was a little bit maybe stronger with his personality. Uh, you know, and certainly with his actions, is very strong that way. Uh, you know, Spencer Petras is the life of the party. He's kind of fun. He's fun to be around. He's kind of like George Kittle in that way. Okay. He just kind of lights up the room. Uh, you know, he's very engaging and interesting. And, you know, he's tall. He's kind of like, you know, in stature. He's probably like Ricky Stanzi. He's got a bigger arm. Uh, but he's not, he doesn't throw the ball as hard as, uh, as they Stanley did. And I think Stanley threw it too hard some of the time. So I think he's got a lot of different, tangibles and in, in, intangibles that kind of work for him. And it's just a matter of, uh, you know, now he's to the point where he needs those game reps. He needs to go against live defenses to see it and, and visualize everything happening in front of him. And, and we won't know those answers until <laughs> the season. I mean, that's just something that you can't project until it's third and eight at the 40 and what's he going to do with the ball then. 
Week one, it is Purdue. We'll talk more and more about this game as we get closer to kickoff. But one thing you uh, talked about in the mail get bag, possibility of this game being a Friday night kickoff. What are you hearing about that and, and the TV, the Friday night games as a whole with the Big Ten? I happen as far as Fridays go um, and some of the TV destinations for other games. I would expect uh, I would expect four Friday night games this year. I would I would be surprised if there's as many as four instead of the two as normal because uh, you know part of the thing part of the reasons why they didn't want to do Fridays were, were logistical. I mean, if you're at a campus like Iowa, you got a hospital across the street it's Friday night, you got seventy thousand people coming in. That's going to be a recipe for disaster, and a lot of other campuses are that way. However, when you're talking about uh, no fans. <laughs> You know that that is completely removed as a barrier. It's you know like a, a preseason basketball game when it comes to that. So that's not a really an issue for anybody. And and then to top that off, they've got to give something back to those media partners that are standing mm-hmm. beside them, and they yep. they know that they can get a little bit more revenue if they're even if they're broadcasting a mid to low level Big Ten game, say in, uh, in Illinois Purdue, which maybe resonates as far as bottom third. That's got better vision, uh, visibility and probably better ratings uh, for a Friday night on FS1 than just about anything else you could put there. So I would expect to go into mid-November with Friday night football. I would expect, obviously, Iowa and Nebraska to play on that Friday. And if, if I were the Big Ten, I would say ask somebody else to play also on Black Friday to maybe make it a double header. Get as much visibility out there as you can because uh, that way maybe they get close to, to evening out the revenue. Uh, for, for their media rights agreement. And put the game against Nebraska's 7 o'clock kickoff on ABC. I'm not asking for much. Scott Dockerman, <laughs> a couple more things will let you go. So Wednesday, correct, is when they put the pads on and when it becomes, you know, I guess for lack of a better term, fall camp, uh, as we know it, most Augusts. This is uh, this is where we're at, right? It starts on Wednesday? Yeah, that's when the official padded practices starts. They can get really physical. You know, and Iowa gets physical even in uh, kind of their shells and stuff, but not to this degree. So, yeah, this is uh, this is also when all the testing starts, too. So uh, you don't get a chance to, you know, the daily testing starts Wednesday, the, the pads start Wednesday. So you don't get a, an opportunity then to see what, what they're made of um, on the football field. And they've been going in shells and pads really, you know, for a long time now. So I'm not sure they're ready for it. And it's a good chance it, because they desperately need it on both lines of scrimmage. That's really where the questions lie for this team. I know the raging Cajuns didn't bring a lot of media to Jack Trice a couple of weeks ago. Oklahoma will. Does that mean you will have to scrape and claw for a press box? Will you be at Jack Trice for the athletic watching Iowa State Oklahoma on Saturday night, Doc? Do you know? You know, I got a credential request inside of it, but I also know that. Uh, you know, we do have another uh, athletic uh, writer who will be there, Jason Kersey. So I don't, I'm not sure if I'll be able to go or not, but I, I do know we will be represented. And, and Jason's among the best, if not the best, in the business. So, uh, you know, we'll, there'll definitely be something written about the Cyclones on Saturday. And, hey, they haven't, they haven't won against Oklahoma at Jack Trice since 1960. That's 24 straight games. So uh, that's uh, that's quite a series there if they snap that streak that would be the ultimate for 2020 1960 unthinkable that's crazy scott dockerman from the athletic doc thank you we will talk to you next week appreciate it again they got that great special going on sign up for a buck folks well well worth the money be glad you did thank you doc
Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, appreciate it. Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. As uh, so we continue on here in hour number one. So we're uh, talking everything in our first segment today, including baseball. And I said I hadn't found series odds yet for the eight different series that we're going to get. I have found them when we come oh, back. Good stuff. What is the series odds for each of these opening wild card rounds, as they call it? I had a call during the last break. Another Des Moines ump, um, Pat Ho- Hoberg, mm-hmm. Urbandale, uh, Grandview? I'm not sure. Urbandale for sure. He's got the plate for the Cubs game one. Oh, nice. How about that for him? Good yes. for him. I mean, the late Eric Cooper mm-hmm. uh, playoff. He had World Series. Of course, Tim McClellan. Yep. Um, you know, he used to live in Altoona hmm. when I was on the air at some point. So sometime in the last 25 years. Yeah. Buck and Bob Davidson lived in Altoona. Really? Yes. And there's one more. Is it, um, is it Mike Winters? Sounds familiar. I think it yeah. is. So T-Mac, Coop, Hoberg got the plate. I think Mike Winters. Don Dankinger? No. He's from a, Waterloo? Well, from, yeah, right. But, um... Another Iowa guy there. But Bob Davidson spent some time in Altoona. Hmm. Uh, Anyways, uh, good for Pat. Uh, Congratulations. Series odds uh, in 15 minutes. Trent, Bama, and I will recap the incredible, amazing weekend. Even if it wasn't great, I would have said it was, just because we waited so damn long for this. Uh, Good stuff. Miller and Condon till noon. It's Des Moines Sport. Mike Everett, thank you, Andy Garman. Thank you, Andy Garman. Appreciate that. Uh, But good for uh, Pat Hober getting the plate for Cubs. Marlins game number one. Good to hear from Andy Garman. Uh, We're here until noon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. minutes here hour number one busy hour number two a lot of college football nationally at 1105 trent bama and i around college football then dave sproul from kasi in ames you've got prices you've got my ears um let's see if we can squeeze them all in here all right let's start with the 1-8 matchup your team the toronto blue jays against the one seed tampa bay this is a big one Plus 157. This is from DraftKings yeah. uh, for people looking to bet. Plus 157, raise minus 195. Okay, is that the uh, is that the biggest price? In the American League, it is. Okay. Uh, the other 1-8 matchup, the Dodgers and the Brew Crew, minus 250 for the Dodgers, plus 200 for Milwaukee. I might think about Milwaukee. You, that's the second time you've said there's, that. There's, I don't get it. There's something, I don't know, there's just something goofy You must there. make too much money or something. You've thrown it away. <laughs> well, plenty of money in that account after a... a oh, oh, we yeah. had a good day, didn't well, we? The nice. weekend, uh, it, it started to dwindle just a little bit, but yeah, it was a good week last good week. for you. Got a lot, a lot to throw around here. Let's go to the Cubs and the Marlins. Minus 148 for the Cubs, plus 120 for the Marlins. I don't have a strong feeling one way or the either. Cardinals are uh, plus 137, minus 167 for the Padres. I don't like playing big prices, but I think I'm leading to that. Certainly, can you can you bet a sweep? Uh, they don't have it yet. I'm okay. sure they're, you can do exact series with that. I'm sure they'll get to that. And finally, in the National League, Braves minus 137, Reds plus 113. Mm-hmm. Might like the dog there. Yankees, Indians. This is uh, This has got to be a really tight line. Plus 110 for the Indians, minus 134 for the uh-huh. Yanks. 
White Sox. And, and Shane Bieber goes in game one. Yes. Now, you know he's up against Garrett Cole. And that is my minus gosh. 105 on both sides. Is it? That and game. Yeah, that, oh. that has just came out. What a premier pitching matchup. White Sox plus 107. Oakland minus 130. Mm-hmm. Lean White Sox. Mm-hmm. Grab I the would plus too. money yep. in that Keiko one. Keiko starts game one? Yes. Or they Giolito? Haven't, they haven't announced, actually. Okay. The White Sox have not. I don't believe, at least uh, when I look at the I would go Giolito. If he's available, Giolito won Keiko. That's the way it's been all year. Yeah, yeah. And go that direction. Then game three, who knows? I like the Cubs. Mm-hmm. After the first two, right. hope for rain. Yeah, or hope for a sweep. Right. Yeah, that's a good point, too. And uh, finally, my Twins minus 160, the Astros plus 130. And if I had to put a bet, I'd probably bet the at that price, the Astros. Yeah. Plus 130, playoff uh, pedigree. Yeah. Well, they've been I, awful I on the Astros this year. Going, yeah, Altuve, what an awful year. Boy, yes. it's, it's, it's uh, amazing how good he, get, he he is when he knows what pitch is coming. That's a significant edge. Helps <laughs> out a lot. It I, does. I'm going to guess that all the staffers for the Twins, they're going to be watching everything the Astros are doing. All right. We will uh, take a quick time out. We'll come back. Bama Bob will be here. Recap a really fun weekend of college football. I spent more time on the SEC Network. Channel 611. Uh, we'll uh, get into the uh, college football on a national scale. Dave Sprout, 1125, 1130. Miller and Condon till noon, 1460, 106.3 FM.